Good. Well, hello, everybody. Depending on where you are in the world, it's, uh, that depends if it's good morning or good afternoon. Uh, but um, good uh, afternoon from um, uh, Malmesbury in the South Africa. It's good to have you uh, joining us. And um, we are not starting officially yet because uh, there's still a few minutes before the top of the hour. But um, I thought I would just uh, say, you know, for Grace Lifers, we usually just operate on normal Zoom uh, or Google Meets where you can see everyone and you can interact and things like that. And we've chosen to go with Zoom webinar just to make uh, least distractions. And there's a bit more um, uh, functionality that helps us as hosts with regard to the, the platform and the conference being online. So that is why it is the way it is. Uh, we can see you. So, um, and I can, even though you might not see everyone else, but hello to, um, I'm gonna just see who's online here and just greet a few people. Kathy, Kunrad Nanin, uh, Dylan Moffat, it's good to have you guys all here. Um, Emily. And then we've got uh, all the, the Grace Ambassador students who are joining us uh, from our, our living room, uh, from the, the, the mission school that we've started. Then we've got uh, Grace Life Tigerberg, I assume that's you, Etienne, and Catherine, and uh, my mother, Haley. We've got Yanu, we've got Jacqueline, Jerusha, Johan, welcome, Julius, uh, Lucas, and Martinette, Nelia. Good to see you, Nelia. I trust that it's going well with you there. And uh, Peter Vienink and Ray Patch. Good to have you, Ray. Rita and Philip. Stephanus. Uh, Tuleka. Really good to see you, Tuleka. Chart. Timothy and Sarah. Um, Vimby. And others are, are, are joining in uh, uh, fast and furious <laughs> since we're uh, at the top of the hour. But everybody, it's, it's really a, a pleasure to have you uh, joining us for this um, church planting conference. And um, yeah, I just want to open up in prayer and then just uh, give a brief introduction before I give over to my, my brother, uh, uh, Pastor Isaac Musandu. And, um, and then I believe that, I mean, the whole program, everything we've got in store for us uh, this, or this first day and tomorrow, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so, Father, I just, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit, which, is, which we are, are, are inhabited by, the, the, the spirit which is leading and guiding us in truth, the spirit which is revealing things to us and, and helping us and, and empowering us. And, and we just welcome your presence here right now just to minister to us, to encourage us, to inspire us, to help us to, to see what can be, to see what should be. We just thank you right now that, that, that your ministry through every speaker is going to be something divine, something uh, uh, that, that uh, is on your heart for us. We just open up our hearts to receive. Father, I'm, I'm expecting for me even. And I thank you that I'm going to be enriched and encouraged and refreshed like everybody else in the mission that you've called us to, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, you know, the one awesome thing about Zoom webinars is you guys are not distracted by people entering and exiting the meeting. 
uh, so that means that um, you know you don't you don't hear those noises or unmutes and things like that. So you're going to be able to focus and get the most out of our time together. Um, before I hand over to uh, uh, my brother Isaac, I want to um, uh, uh, just uh, share a little bit about. Um, uh, by means of introduction, and I, it's great, Mark, that you're joining us too. Uh, uh, what I've been asking the panelists is just to join the normal one and then join as a panelist when it's your session, uh, uh, just so that it's uh, a bit easier. So thank you. But Mark coming on reminds me of something I wanted to share with you guys about um, uh, how this all came about. And so we were, um, uh, I can't remember exactly when this all came about, but a few years back, myself and Mark were talking and just the, the desire and the need to, to equip people for church planting came up, you know, to reach the last, to, 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 to build strong, healthy, grace communities. It really was something that we, we, we desired to, um, to be part of and help uh, uh, in. And so, you know, we, um, uh, we spoke, we got it together, uh, Greg Moore from Karis Bible College got involved, and, and it was really amazing just to see how, how things came together. We had a full-time church planting school two years ago uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, hosted at Mark Matchin's church, and that was really great. We had, um, uh, I don't even know how many students, but I think I, uh, if I count off the top of my head, we had maybe three or four churches start out of that. And a number of uh, uh, obviously lives impacted through that. And you know, with COVID, we haven't been able to have another church planning school, but online we're able to just uh, reach so many more people and prepare so many more people uh, in this um, massive task of taking the gospel, uh, uh, you know, to the ends of the earth. And um, yeah, uh, it's just uh, able to include so many people, so many different speakers obviously at a fraction of the price, but just so much more effective. And so I'm really thankful for Mark and for every speaker who's, who's, who's part of this school. This school, we've got, I think it's 60 people enrolled, whereas at the first one, I think we probably had about 15 or so. So that's really awesome. Um, uh, you'll see that there is a chat section where you can chat with panelists uh, and uh, there's a Q&A section as well. In the Q&A section, you can ask questions there and there are some questions coming in um, and I will um, get to those when we have a moment. But I want to start off just by saying this, that the reason for us focusing on church planting is that there is still really one third of the world's population who, who has never heard the, word, the name of Jesus. You know, there's a third that claim to be Christian, and uh, there's a third that, that have, have, who know a Christian, but there's a whole third who, who, who've never heard the name of Jesus. They don't have access to a Bible. They don't have access to a church. Um, you know, never mind what type of church, but they just they have nothing. And so if that's one in four people who've never heard the name of Jesus, there's a lot of work to be done. Never mind amongst the, 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 the people who have heard Jesus and helping them come to a, a full knowledge of, of the truth. But there's a, there's a huge task to be done if we're wanting to, to fulfill uh, um, the mission of the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. You know, it's been said that it takes one good church for every 2,000 people uh, uh, in a community 
And so, you know, even based on those numbers and the way that 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 communities are growing, et cetera, we need to really focus in on on preaching the gospel and then churches gather or form around the gospel that's being preached. So as people get saved, healthy community forms around, you know, um, uh, uh, the, the gospel, the message. And so, you know, this is really not about trying to build a church in a box or um, help you to you know, have a, a great Sunday service per se. There's a lot of other organizations which do very good at uh, equipping people to have great services. For us and all the speakers I know on the same page, our desire is not that you would have a great service or start a church which would have a great service, but that, that you would reach people. Uh, uh, with the gospel and see eternity impacted, that you would see, you know, believers established in discipleship and the truth of the word, that you would see healthy community, which is church formed, which are actually living the mission together. And so that's really our desire. And, you know, we want to get practical. So we're not just going to be talking a uh, 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 doctrine or we are going to, but we're not just going to talk about, you know, teaching and things like that. We're also going to be talking about, um, uh, 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 practical things. And we, we invite you to ask practical questions. Some of the speakers really have some very practical things on their hearts which they're going to share. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, um, you know, in line with this statement that, that I read once, this is the heart of why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, this, uh, this statement is that the greatest evangelistic methodology under heaven is the planting of new churches. And I would even add the planting of healthy new churches because healthy churches are churches where people are reaching out, where people are making an impact in the community where they are. And that's our heart is to help you to, to do that. Amen. So I see someone saying the internet connection is bad. From my side, it's not bad at all. Uh, it might be from your side, um, from uh, my brother Isaac's side, it might be uh, a bad at times, uh, uh, but we, we see how it goes. Um, we have con I have contingency plans in place for, as things happen, but we are um, ready to go. And so I, it's, a, it's a great privilege for me to introduce uh, my brother Isaac uh, uh, to you. He is um, uh, the pastor and overseer of um, Karis Ministries in uh, Harare, Zimbabwe. Uh, we met when my wife and I, Marna and I, were in our first year of Karis Bible College. He and his wife, Rebecca, came to the open week and um, I turned around to greet him and we spoke and, and uh, he said he's a pastor from Zimbabwe. And I said to him, well, you know, if you ever have any opportunities, we'd love to come on a mission and just help. And because you know, I was looking for opportunities to take people on a mission and he, he with a dead straight face. And uh, if you see his video there, he does look a bit scary sometimes, <laughs> especially if he's not smiling. And he looked at me and he said, no, no. And he said, I'm sick of the church in South Africa just wanting to come and bring food and this and that, the next thing. We don't need that. And at that stage, there was no food on the, sh in the, on the shelves in the shops. And then I said, well, we don't really have a lot of money. We, we, our, what I meant was maybe we could partner with you to do mission work. You know, and he was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, when people are coming to see Victoria Falls, you'll be coming to preach the gospel. And that was in 2011. And since then, 
we've we, we've really become close and uh, I really love his passion and his heart for reaching the lost and for establishing believers in the truth of the word. They've got churches all over Zimbabwe and his influence reaches really different parts of the world, but especially throughout Africa uh, in ministering over, uh, especially because of COVID online and through WhatsApp and things like that. And so be re get ready to receive, open up your heart to receive. It's going to be awesome. So take it away, Pastor Isaac. It's a privilege for us to have you with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. And hallelujah to everybody. It's indeed an honor and a privilege to be participating in this conference and having you uh, listen to me. Uh, thank God for that. And I would like to firstly thank all the people who put this together and who enabled this to take place. And now we have the opportunity to minister to each other through this uh, Zoom meeting. And let me just pray. I know my brother uh, Shane there has prayed, but um, I always believe in prayer. The Bible says, pray always. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for granting us absolute exact knowledge of your written word, far removed from assumptions, far removed from doubt and uncertainties, far removed from opinions. We thank you, Father, that throughout this conference, we function by the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in all our proceedings. And we thank you, Father, that the result of this meeting will be evident as the workers go out to plant churches. We thank you, Father, that there will be much over circumstances, whatever those circumstances may be. We thank you, Father, for your glorious spirit who strengthens us, who encourages us, who has given us the ability to reach out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. So it is indeed uh, a very special business, and I take it very seriously. You know, someone once told me, says, um, you take this uh, Jesus thing very seriously. I said, mm, yeah, I do. Why? Because... Jesus took me very seriously when he died at the cross of Calvary. So this is serious business we are doing. And we know we are not masters of ourselves. We work for a master and what a master is. There's no better job. There's no better post. But we are called to do uh, uh, whatever we have to do to establish the plan and the purpose of God on the earth according to his will. And according to his will, means according to his plan, means according to his word. And that is very vital. It is very easy to gather any crowd. It's very easy to plant anything and call it anything. But what you've planted, is it the church that Jesus went to the cross for? Is it the church that is established on the rock? The rock is the unmovable, unchangeable gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very important before we even venture out to set out to plant a church that we know what planting a church is about and what we need to plant a church. And when we think we have planted a church, we must know what we have is the church that the Lord intended. So straight away, let's go to the parting words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. I'll read from the King James. 
It says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me. The word power, there is authority. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. It's very important to understand the word. And lo, lo means behold. I am not I'm going to be. I am with you always. Jesus never bade us farewell. Jesus never said goodbye. So we should not be expecting Jesus to be coming from another place, especially in these days of the pandemic. There are so many weird stories flying around, but we will, not, we will leave that for now. But the most important thing to remember is that he is with us now and always. And as we are planting, as we endeavor to plant churches, he is the one working in and through us. So we must be to let him work in and through us to plant a church. Praise the Lord. So when he says they are commanded, he is commanding us to plant churches. He's commanded us, he commanded us how to plant those churches. We must do it according to his will. We must do it according to his plan, according to his word indeed. Praise the Lord. So when he says what I have commanded you, sometimes people want to mix that. When we are preaching the message of grace, they said, oh, he said, I, I commanded you, so you must follow the commandments. Mm -mm. That word commanded you simply means that what I told you to do, what did he teach us to do? He told them to, to believe the gospel. That's what he taught them throughout the years he was with them. What he commanded them or what he commanded us in those words is not the law of Moses, but the commandment of God. There is what people call the law of God. There is what is called the commandment of God, which stands from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It does not change. Hallelujah. So let's just go to Romans chapter 16, verse 25. I want to... Be very clear on that command he commanded us to do, because this is the church planting we are talking about, that he commanded, and there's a particular way it must be done. So Romans 16, verse 25, 26, I'm reading from the King James. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So he says, according to my gospel, which is the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Verse 26. But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So the commandment of God is the gospel, which is responded to in two ways, in faith or in unbelief. And is the same gospel that is our seed for planting a church. And this gospel is not something that comes in the books of what we call the New Testament or in certain books. This gospel is from Genesis. You see it in every book of the Bible. You see this gospel if you apply yourself correctly. Like I'll show you now that this gospel is the same gospel uh, preached to Abraham. The same gospel. So God, Abraham, what, what we are calling now the uh, church planting, 
Abraham also had that task. Now the task is on you and me. So let's see what happened. I want you to know what commandment is, the commandment of God is. Go to Genesis chapter 26, verse 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, this way before the law of Moses, way before the commandments of Moses. But the Bible is saying Abraham kept his commandments, which means he's not talking about the law of Moses. He's not talking about the commandments of Moses. Moses was not even born at this time. Can you see that? So that commandment of God is the gospel of God. Abraham believed. Let's just uh, follow Abraham a bit more. And he, uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. You see, when we follow, follow the gospel, when it was first preached, we realized that the gospel is more than just talking about sins. There is more to the gospel. Like you see, when Abraham believed, there was no mention of sin there. I know the gospel also involves the washing of our sins. But in essence, as we really uh, uh, focus, we must be able to focus on the material uh, matters and facts and truths of the gospel. So that what we plant when we plant the church is the planting of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So Abraham believed in the gospel. When we, when we go to, uh, to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 to 8, and I'll take over verse 17, it says, Know ye therefore that which that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. And I say, verse 17 now, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 450 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. So you see there, clearly that Abraham believed, what Abraham believed was the gospel well before the law. And that same gospel is what Jesus commands us in Matthew chapter 28. That is what he commands us to do in his resurrection. The gospel is our first and foremost material to teach plant. Otherwise, it's not a gathering you, are, you, are, you, have, you have put together. If it's a church plant, it must come from a particular message. And it is important to venture into church plants that we have the seed that brings a church plant. Hallelujah. So if you have like Abraham, then in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. This is the message to Abraham. Abraham had believed. And now God is saying, in thee shall all the nations of the nation uh, the nations of the world be blessed. So Abraham was to take the gospel to all the nations of the world. Hallelujah. So today you have taken that place of Abraham. Because you have believed. So if you have believed, indeed shall all the nations of the world be blessed. As you go about with the gospel, preaching the gospel, and planting churches, the blessing is coming from you or through you to the rest of the world. So if you have believed, 
then surely in thee all the nations shall be blessed. And the nations, you see, we're talking about there are nations who are rich. The nations can be rich in silver and gold. The nations can be rich in weapons of modern warfare. The nations can be rich in oil and diamonds. The nations can be rich in technology. But until you bring them the gospel, they are not blessed. They can be rich, but not blessed. So <laughs> you can, I don't have time, you know, we, we're running on time here. You can work out for yourself the meaning of blessed from just that statement, okay? Um, let's, let's proceed on to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 to 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? You see, this is a question that you must be able to answer before you, can, you are eligible to go and plant a church. Who do you say Jesus is? Let's hear what happened to these guys. Verse 14 says, they say, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Just come home. Whom do you say that I am? Verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you can build or plant your own church, or you can build or plant Jesus' church. Notice that. The responses that the disciples gave to Jesus were all from us. They are all names that are coming from the scriptures. They are all responses that are coming from the Bible. Those people, they name are from the scriptures. And you need to be clear about what are the scriptures. Let me quickly say this. Technically speaking, what is called the scriptures is from Genesis to Malachi. When Jesus came, he was quoting from those books. All the writers of the epistles, all the writers of the gospels were quoting from the scriptures, which is from Genesis to Malachi. Yes, Matthew to Revelation qualify for scriptures only because they are explanations coming from the scriptures. Praise the Lord. So you see that Jesus tells us how his church is going to be established. And he is very clear on the revelation, on the knowledge that a person needs before there can be a church plant. Now, Jesus himself always, and I emphasize always, taught from the first 39 books of the Bible, that is Genesis to Malachi. He never, all the parables, every statement, every response that Jesus gave and said was always from the scriptures. Even the parables, they are all from the scriptures. Everything he said, he did not add anything to the scriptures. He did not subtract anything from the scriptures. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the Christ. Yeah? So 
this Bible that uh, uh, that is from Genesis to Malachi, which we sometimes or mostly incorrectly uh, refer to as the as the Old Testament, because it's not the Old Testament. There is no verse of scripture. There is no verse in the Bible that refers to a certain portion of the Bible as Old Testament and a certain portion as New Testament. Jesus did not read all to, to Genesis to Malachi as Old Testament. The writers of the epistles, none of them referred to uh, any book, like Deuteronomy, Exodus as Old Testament, because not Old Testament. They are the word of God, and there is no old word of God, and there is no old God. These, the, these books are the word, the, the word of God. Recently, I've been calling them the gospel according to Moses, talking about the first five books of the Bible. And the, the, the prophets, I call them the gospel according to Isaiah, the gospel according to Malachi, the gospel according to Jeremiah. Can you see? Because that is what those books are. Jesus himself, when he was being tempted by Satan, he called the, those books the word of God. He quoted from Deuteronomy, and he says, Men shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. And he quotes from Deuteronomy, which means he regarded Deuteronomy as the word of God, not as Old Testament, because it's not Old Testament. Praise the Lord. Everything we have, we have. You see, there's an emphasis I want to make. That's why I have to do this. I know uh, I don't have much time, but it's okay if I can just make people understand this particular beginning. I'm sure they'll be able to apply it more correctly in their church plans. Everything we have written from Matthew to Revelation are teaching notes that came from the textbook of the day. And that textbook was from Genesis to Malachi. If a teaching, if a doctrine, if an explanation cannot be found between Genesis to Malachi, that explanation, that doctrine, that teaching must not be found from Matthew to Revelation. Hallelujah. So we must be able to articulate the message of the Bible as a wholesome message where all the books of the Bible are in harmony, where there's no old God, old Testament, New Testament, because those things about Old Testament and New Testament as pages, it's not the Bible, it's, it's not God who said that. It's just the, the writers or the translators of the Bible who classified them as such, and it brings more problems than solutions. Hallelujah. 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 Basically, if we cannot get it right on the way we use the Bible, chances are we will not get it right in our church planting because the only fundamental and material tool that we have for church planting is the Bible. This particular skill of using the Bible, which is the very tool for church planting, will make our message more acceptable to all the nations. There is a way sometimes people explain the Bible in a way that seems to suggest that there is a, a nation that is closer and more dear to God's heart than other nations. And that kind of presentation of the Bible will, will produce hard hearts to the people who want to reach out to. Because there's no nation that God prefers above the other, not even Israel. Okay. So right now, even the people in Israel fighting for that piece of land, they've misunderstood that the piece of land that was promised to Abraham was not left.
So already we have a certain section of the society of the world that, that are already pushed against the, the Bible because of the way we have presented the message from the books of the Bible. But when we harmonize them together to understand that from the beginning, God did not intend to save a certain nation, but he intended to save the whole world. Then we'll be able to present a message whether it's in Afghanistan, whether it's in China, whether it, they will know that this is a message that was always for them from the beginning. It does not seem like it's an, a message that is being exported by Israel because the greater part of Israel is in unbelief. Mm -hmm. But let's get you. So there is a way we must present this message so that we can plant the church that God intends. So if we start by misrepresenting the Bible, and most of the messages that come, that are preached all over, they are coming from the Bible. There's no religion, there's no cult that does not preach from the Bible. But we must make sure of the message that we preach from the Bible. That brings me to the seed, the seed the seed for the crop you want to harvest because you want a church plant. That's the, that's the seed. A church plant is a, is a, is a, is a, is a group of saints. So you, you need to have a seed for the, plant, for, the, for, the, for the crop. A good farmer does not pick up any kind of seed and sow it. No, he selects his seed meticulously because he's focused, he's concerned about a great harvest and he is concerned with the quality, the quantity of that harvest. And we too should be as great master farmers. Do you know the, the name we be like pastor? It's, it's, it's a farming name. It's, it's a shepherd in the bush uh, herding sheep. So there is this, uh, this, uh, this uh, agricultural thread running through the ministry. Hallelujah. So we, we are pastors. We are farmers. We are fishermen, so we should be concerned with our bait. We should be concerned with the seed because we are concerned about the catch. We are concerned about the catch. So let me say this, our harvest, and this must be understood very well, that our harvest in the kingdom of God is souls. Our income in the kingdom of God is souls. The effectiveness of our work cannot be measured by how much money we have in the bank or how much material possessions we have to show. Our effectiveness is seen by the quality and quantity of believers we produce with our message. Quantity comes from our diligence in reaching out in the power of the spirit and quality comes from the kind of seed or the kind of message we are preaching and teaching out there. Because in the book of Isaiah, they that, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So whatever we are planting must go to the planting of the, of the Lord, that he must be glorified. That is Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. I just read the, I just read the, part, the last bit of it. So the church plant can only be called that if it was planted by him, the Lord himself, through us. 
by the seed that he himself, the Lord, handed over to us, first to his disciples, who handed over to other believers until it came, it came to us. The seed is unchangeable. The seed is for all ages. The seed is everlasting. And the seed is one type, one type of seed for one type of harvest. Hallelujah. So any kind of message gets a following. Make no mistake about that. You can preach any kind of message. You can throw out any kind of seed out of there. It will germinate, it will, it will, it will produce a harvest. But is that the harvest of the Lord? Any kind of message will get a following. That's why we have all kinds of large followings in Jehovah's Witness, in Islam, the Mormons, Christian Science, and many other kinds of groupings. There are many people who gather in stadiums to watch soccer. They've, there's a kind of message out there for them. Hallelujah. And all of them preach, most of these cows, most of these uh, religious uh, uh, groupings, all of them preach and teach something. I mean, I say something from the Bible. All of them mention God. All of them mention Jesus and all seek a better world from the world we see around us today. But if the gathering was not brought about by the message that the Lord handed over, the gathering has nothing to do with the Lord and cannot be called the planting of the Lord. When we talk about church plants, whose planting are we talking about? It's also easy to plant a gathering for yourself, especially if you are looking to make a living out of the gathering, especially if you are looking to make merchandise of the gathering you put together. That is the most dangerous attitude a preacher can have. Hallelujah. We must not make church, we must not go out to plant a church in order that we might feed from them. That is not the motivation. In order that we might meet our needs from them. That is the wrong motivation. That is the wrong motivation. You see, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. So what you see most preachers do or most people do, uh, I really wish it wasn't most people. They think, no, I don't want to seek these things that people are running around for. What I want to do is I want to seek the kingdom of God first. And when I have sought the kingdom of God, God will then give me these things. It means you just came in through a back door, but you are coming in for the things. You are not coming in for the kingdom. The, the, the Greek rendering of that verse, which says, seek first. He says, seek only. That's the meaning there. Seek only the kingdom of God. Whether the things are added or not, that's, not, that's nothing to do with you. Your motivation is to seek only the kingdom of God. It is very important that as we go to do a church plant, what is our motivation? What is our motivation? You see, it's easy to, to be motivated by wanting to gather a gathering for yourself. Let me read quickly for you in the, in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 30. I'll read it from this, uh, the Passion's translation. And I the reason I like the Passion's translation, a very good translation from Aramaic, you know, to English. It says, or from Greek to English. It says, 
even some from among you, rather, let me start again, Acts chapter 20, verse 30, even some from among your very own ranks who rise up twisting truth to seduce people following them instead of Jesus. So you can be motivated to plant a church because you want a gathering for yourself. What do you want from the gathering? You want to make a living from them. That is the wrong motivation to go out to plant a church. So cleanse your motives before you even reach out to plant churches. Because if you are not clear, if, if your motive is not sanitized, there is a great risk of compromising the seed, the message. Praise the Lord. So you see, we see we have a, we have a warning in um, in uh, in Peter. Peter says about that. He says um, uh, in Second Peter chapter two verse three. He says, "And through covetousness shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you." You see, we must not be motivated by making merchandise of the gatherings that we put together as we say we are going to do a church plant. Hallelujah. So just gathering thousands of people around you is not church planting. Church is called out ones. We call them called out and we call them, we call them out by the message, with the message of the gospel. They can be weeds depending on what seed they came from. The seed determines the fruit. You cannot plant a mango seed and get an apple plant, an apple fruit. The seed de determines the, the fruit. The message is the seed. You see, the Lord says, look, 8, 8 verse 11. Now the parable, can you see, when Jesus is giving parables, don't focus on the parables. The parables are being used to explain to people of hard hearts, a simple truth, a simple spiritual truth. So the parable is not the message. The parable is being used to convey a message. So after Jesus gave them the parable of the sower, he says this now, he gives them the meaning of the parable. He says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So there we, we see it. Jesus is not teaching agriculture. He is coming out of spiritual things into agriculture so that he can make them understand the spiritual things. But if you now put your mind on agriculture, then you have missed the point. So Jesus was teaching spiritual things. And he says, what, I'm, what I call the seed is the word of God. And that's what I call the seed today. And the word of God there, the word word is logos, which means the message, the message of God. So the message is our seed for a church plant. The message of the Lord, the gospel of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the seed for our church plant. Otherwise, what we have is not a church plant. We can have a gathering. We can have millions. But don't make a mistake and call it a church plant until it's something that came from that seed. In the, in the Living Bible, that same verse, he says, Luke 8, verse 11, he says, this is the meaning. So can you see all that long, uh, all that long parable? The meaning is just simple. He says, this is the meaning. The seed is God's message to man. You see, there's no agriculture. So what he was calling the soul, he's talking about hearts of men. Can you see? So don't, and the seed, the seed cannot even be in finances. It cannot even be money. Because he's talking about God and man. He's talking about God's message to man. 
Because if the, the church plant is God's message to men, and when it's received with faith, with faith, you have planted a church. What is left is just organized. Hallelujah. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees were preaching from exactly the same Bible that Jesus was preaching from. The same Bible we preach from. The same Bible that the epistles are written from. But Jesus warned of the leaven of the Pharisees. And that leaven is the way or the perverted way that they explained and interpreted the same scriptures. And the way they explained the scriptures was their message about And that was their seed that produced their gatherings. That is their seed that produced their crowds, which was their harvest. And that kind of harvest is not a church plant. Because the message that brought them together, that puts them together, is not the seed that the Lord handed over to us for a church plant. So the fact that we are preaching and teaching from the same Bible does not mean we are sowing the same seed. And we, we must be very diligent about the seed. We must not innovate the seed. We must get the seed from the bag of seeds handed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So unless we are, we are, we are using this, that same seed, we are not planting the church that the Lord intended. What we are harvesting or what we are planting in what we call church planting is dependent on the seeds we are throwing out there. So um, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11, he says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise my master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So that's that's the unchanging seed. Says no one must change the seed for a church, church plant. The seed for the church plant was the same for Jesus, was the same for Paul, for Peter, throughout the book of Acts. And that's the same seed today. No one has the authority to change that. If the planting that you intend is the planting of the Lord. So the unchanging foundation of Christ, which is Jesus, Called the rock, which Jesus himself called the rock to Peter, is that unchanging message of the gospel throughout all ages. It does not change in a culture, it does not change in an age. It is the same. Whether you are preaching in Jamaica, whether you are preaching in Tokyo, in the States, in London, in Africa, is the same message. It's meant for men, human, for human heart. It does not matter what color that human heart finds itself in. Is the Lord. So what we are gathering depends on the message that we are putting out there. And believe me, any kind of message will pull its own kind of crowd. So we need to be careful. We need to be super diligent with the message, which is the seed that we are putting out there. And let me add that any message, any kind of message has its own testimonies. So we have to be very careful about using testimonies to attract people, using testimonies, human testimonies, to gather crowd or to plant a church. 
even if those testimonies belong to the pastor. A church plant based on people's testimonies, a church plant based on the pastor's testimonies, no matter how good those testimonies are, will soon turn into a crowd. The church plant must be based on the gospel. And the gospel is specific, and we must find it from the Bible. The Bible is not the gospel. The gospel is found in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the church of Jesus Christ is built upon a certain rock. That is a certain seed. What, why, what, does, Jesus, what does Jesus call rock? In Bible terms, a rock is talking about something unchangeable, something that does unalterable. So it's the message that I'm talking about. And that message is an unchanging message, which we find in the scriptures. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. On the day that Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, there is no book of Timothy. There is no book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There is no book of Ephesians. There is no book of Philippians. There is no book of Colossians. There is no book of Revelation. What he is calling scriptures there is what is written from Genesis to Malachi. So he is writing his letters. He is instructing Timothy from the content we find from Genesis to Malachi. So he is preaching the gospel to this young preacher from those books from Genesis to Malachi. That's what he called scriptures here. Jesus also said, you touch the scriptures, they are they that testify of me. When Jesus said those words, there was no book of Matthew, there was no book of John. He was talking about what is written from Genesis to Malachi. So we must be very careful and diligent in our study of the Bible. Let's go quickly. We'll see if I can. I've not even gotten to the meat. We are still in the soup. So Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to 27. Uh, you see, we can have some kind of knowledge about this salvation that we have with, in Christ Jesus, which is not quite correct. Just like these disciples, they'd been with Jesus for three years. He is crucified, he is buried, and he is risen. But on the day he's, he's, he's buried, they are so worried. They are so worried. They are looking at their experiences. They are looking at their, at, at their circumstances. And seems, it seems like what they thought was the Messiah was just a walkover. So Jesus meets them. Let's, let's, let's get to Luke 24, verse 25 to 27. Then he said unto them, O fools! and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So he's calling them fools. Why? So it's not an insult to people fools. It's scripture. Because <laughs> the Lord said it. So he says, all fools, slow of heart. That word slow of heart is not talking about people who take time to believe. Slow of heart is in inaction. It's hardness. It means you don't believe at all. Can you see? That was the condition of their heart here. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26. Ought not. What we find in 
verse 26 now, is the content of what they should have believed from the scriptures from Genesis 2. Okay, so he says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So he's saying, haven't you understood from Genesis to Malachi that Messiah must be must suffer and be killed and then be raised to life and enter into his glory? Haven't you believed? He is not using the events of the of the whole gospels to explain. He is using the scriptures. He is no longer using parables. He is using the scriptures from Genesis to Malachi to make it clear. Hallelujah. Now, verse 27 is very special. He says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things sending himself. So beginning at Moses, what is that? Beginning at Genesis. The first five books are called Moses because they are written by Moses. So beginning at Genesis, he did not talk about the history of creation and science. No, no, no. This message was one, salvation through faith. Beginning Moses and all the prophets, he explained it to them. He went through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. He went through the Psalms. He went through the prophets. He went through Nehemiah. He went through Isaiah. He went through Malachi, teaching nothing but himself. That is the gospel. So he harmonized the, 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 the explanation and interpretation of the Bible into the gospel, into himself. And if we can learn to do that, we will be able to reach out to more people, to more nations, different nations, because it becomes clear that the gospel was never for Israel. The gospel was never meant for just Israel. Israel was just going to be used. The way you and me are used to plant a church is the way Israel was supposed to be used to spread the gospel of God out the world. And they failed at that. That's why the Bible calls them, they became a bastard son. They were given the opportunity to do that. And as a nation, they did, they did not take the admission of the Lord as sons. They did not take the chastening of the Lord as sons. So they became actually bastards. Hallelujah. But let's carry on. So you and me now, we are called into that place that Abraham was called into. The place that Israel, Israel was called the son of God as a nation. In, in um, what, what is it? I think it's Exodus 4, tw uh, 22. He was called the son of God. What, why they were called the son of God is the function that they were to carry on the earth. But we don't have time for that. Let's quickly proceed. Verse 44. So can you see that in, in, in Luke 24, verse 25 to 27, these disciples were not ready for a church plant because their knowledge they, they spent time with Jesus. They knew about the scriptures, but what they knew about Jesus, what they knew about the scriptures was not enough for them to do a, a, church, a church plant. If they'd planted a church on that, at that stage, they'd have ruined a lot of things. Let's carry on quickly to verse um, 44. And he said unto them, they, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he is telling them that all the parables I was talking to you about. You see, the only person who can interpret a parable is the person who spoke a parable. A parable is not interpreted by a third party. Okay? So he is now interpreting his, his parables. He's saying all those parables, everything I told you about was about the scriptures being fulfilled in him, 
everything written by Moses, everything written by the prophets, everything written in the Psalms were concerning him. And he is saying now in the resurrection, all those things have been fulfilled. Uh, this is a very special place. Let's just uh, continue. I'm about to land, but in fact, I will not end. I will have, I will have to be stopped. <laughs> Hallelujah. So verse 45 says, then opened he their understanding. They might understand the scriptures. Can you see now? Until your mind is opened. Until your understanding is opened, that you might understand the scriptures. You are not ready for a church plant. And what is, you see, the word understanding, the first word understanding there is mind. Their minds were opened. That they might understand. The second understand is they're putting together. It's the Greek word, sunemai. Sun means together. It means they harmonize the scriptures together. And they, all the scriptures were explained in Christ, in his resurrection. So until you've gotten that revelation, you are not ready for a church plant. Because what you might plant is not a church. What you might plant is not the planting of the Lord. So this is how now he explains to them. Until you have this understanding, until you have this interpretation, until you have this explanation of scriptures, you don't have the seed for the harvest of Christ. You don't have the seed for a church plant. Yes, you might gather thousands or even millions, but what you have is wheat, which will just burn to nothing in the end. And as, I'm, as time is running up like this, there's many things I wanted to share with you, but I want you to understand from that verse 44 of Luke 24, that Jesus has died, he has rose, and he's teaching that the scriptures have been fulfilled in him, okay? But even in that day, the promise is still outstanding. That's why he goes on to say, um, let me go straight away. And open that portion of scripture. Let me go to Luke 24. Luke 24, verse uh, 44. I'll, I'll read this one particularly from the, from the New Living Translation. I'll start to read from verse 47. He says, it was also written that this message, the New Living, yes, this, this, that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. When he says it was written, he's talking about scriptures from Genesis to Malachi. Now look at verse 47. 47, yes. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning Jerusalem. Is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are my witnesses to all these things. Look at verse 49. That's where I was going. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. So even after his resurrection, after all the scriptures have been harmonized or fulfilled in his resurrection, the promise is still asking. Because the promise to Abraham, the promise to Adam, the promise to us is always the spirit of God. So that's what, because without the spirit of God, you do not have eternal life. So we must be very careful with the message. So the message is not just the death, burial, and resurrection. Uh -uh. After that, he was teaching them. He told them to watch, don't preach the gospel until you receive that which was promised. And that which was promised was the Holy Spirit. It, um, uh, Pastor Shane, are you, are you going to interrupt me? Can I carry on? Praise the Lord. <laughs> you, you, you can uh, uh, wrap it up, brother. I made accommodations for up. this. I knew it would happen. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up this way. 
So this is Luke, who is writing the book. Uh, uh, he is the same uh, chap who gave us the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter one, I'll read from verse um, six quickly. He says, so it says, uh, let me start from verse uh, three. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus was teaching them after his resurrection, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. But listen to these guys. Listen to these guys. They say, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. Can you see? That is the promise from Genesis. The promise of the Father, which said, he, you have heard of me. Then verse 5. For John, uh, jump verse 5, let's go to verse 6 quickly. When they were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will that at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And you see, these guys are lost. They think that Jesus came to die and raised from the dead so that they can establish the kingdom of Israel. And that's not so. And Jesus gives them a short answer. He says, and he said unto them, it is not for you. That there's supposed to be a full stop there. What is not for you? The kingdom, the natural kingdom, the government of the world, that's not what he came for. And that's not what they are to expect. So the gospel is not that we should be presidents. We should go into politics. The gospel is not for that. We've got our own nation, our own country. It's Zion. It's called the church, which is what we intend to plant. We are not called to raise the presidents. We're supposed to preach to presidents to bring them into discipleship so that they can go and plant churches. We don't raise presidents. We don't raise businessmen. We bring businessmen. We give them the gospel and we loosen them into the world to preach the gospel and plant churches. So these guys are thinking that they're supposed to dominate the nations of the world again the way they dominated the nations in Canaan when they crossed the river Jordan. And they've missed the message. So Jesus told them, it is not for you. What is not for you? His worldly kingdoms is not for you. Then he says it should start with the with um with an instead because that that but that is in verse eight should come there to is, is the word instead. He should say instead to know the times or the seasons which the Father is put in His power, you shall receive power. Can you remember the verses were not put by 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 Jesus? <clears throat> he says. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So he's telling them the kingdom has come upon The kingdom is the Holy Ghost in you. That is the kingdom. The kingdom is not you being a president. The kingdom is not you being a king. And at this time, they were, they were, they were, they were colonized by, by, by Caesar, and they were suffering uh, under the Romans. But Jesus did not venture into those politics. But we must know the message of our kingdom. We must know the message this is to plant the church. and. I intend, there's very little I could say in this 45 minutes or 50 minutes. There's more to say, but I hope this has just encouraged you to, to spur you on. And so you know in your zeal, your zeal is, 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 is supported by knowledge and the knowledge that it give you, that will give you the plan you're looking for, the changing for. Over to you, Pastor Shane. Thank you so much, Brother Isaac. Uh, always a, a blessing to sit under your ministry. And uh, I love the, the, the passion that you have for the word because that's the passion we should, we should all have for that. So just looking at some of the comments, there's no questions. Uh, you are welcome to ask a question under the Q&A section. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to kind of touch on a couple of points which uh, Pastor Isaac made. Firstly, we should, you know, we should be concerned about the catch 
you know, and if we're concerned about the catch, then then it's uh, we're bait. We're going to be looking at what is the bait. Um, you know, actually, my eldest son, William, he's eight years old. He asked me because he heard about how I went fishing once and I caught a, a puffer fish. And, uh, uh, you know, puffer fish, you usually just throw it back because you can't do anything with that except maybe blow it up and make a lamb. <laughs> but he he was like, what bait did you use for that? I was like, I don't know. And he's because he realized that specific <laughs> bait will get a specific catch. And, uh, uh, you know, he's learned that. And I mean, it's the same thing with us. So it's important for us to, to, to make sure that we've got the right bait. Uh, uh, because that will get the right harvest. The right seed will determine the right uh, uh, harvest there. So uh, uh, thank you, Pastor Isaac. That was really um, that was really good. Does anyone have a question they want to ask? Um, then just uh, type it. I'll give a moment for that. If you're finding the Q&A section, I'll, I was really also just, uh, just two comments which came through. One from uh, Etienne, no fruit measuring other than preaching the gospel, which creates opportunities for salvation and believing and growing in the truth, uh, for believers to grow in the truth and, and, uh, and identity. That's uh, really good because often we easily end up judging the wrong things and looking at the wrong things like church attendance. We all want people to attend church, but that's the wrong thing to judge your ministry by. Obviously, it's an indicator. So if the numbers are down, it's indicating something. It might be indicating that you're preaching a, a good message <laughs> and that hearts are not being receptive. But, uh, you know, so you can't just judge it uh, uh, superficially. But anyway, then Prudence, it was good to, to have you here, Prudence. She says, uh, if the, the harvest and income is souls, it means the church plant will multiply believers not your bank account. And I think that, you know, in, in, in talking with church planters, this is one of the things that I uh, often, uh, 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 has often come up with, uh, with, with church planters is the focus on finances. And there's a real concern, obviously, with regard to finances and ministry. And, you know, um, I think most people in this meeting from our circles would be wary of the abuse because of the abuses uh, of uh, finances by, by um, well-intending and devious ministers. Uh, but then there would also be, be, be many who are um, uh, kind of like, you know, but if I'm going to do this, I've sat with pastors, I, if I'm going to do this, I need to eat, you know. And uh, 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 I think what, what came across quite strongly and I think is important for us to, to see is that we're not in this for the money. We're in this for the souls, for the eternity of it. And yes, you need to, 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 to eat, but your motivation isn't money. Your motivation isn't eat. You know, what did Paul say? Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. And ministry is work. But I like Paul's example of how he labored uh, with his own hands. He was a tent maker to, to make provision for himself so that he could expand the gospel. And if you can live off of the gospel, you know, and receive finances from that, then that's great. But, but we're not doing it for that purpose and for that uh, uh, cause. So I know that that is something which often comes up, uh, uh, you know, when do I start taking offerings? <laughs> and I think it's a good conversation. Maybe you want to say something, Pastor Isaac, but I'll just say one thing. We, we, we're preparing to go to a mission in a very rural part of South Africa. And um, uh, I asked the, 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 the guy who's doing all the evangelism in the area, who's welcoming us there. I said, you know what, 
what can we bring? As, uh, uh, is there something that we can bring that would be helpful for you? And he said, just bring a solid word. <laughs> he said, bring, bring something that's going to be a pure uh, a message from the word. He said, please don't come with a message on money uh, uh, because most people uh, uh, come with a message of money and then they leave with more money than they came with. <laughs> and he said, and they never come back again. And now we're talking about a rural area, which needs, he said, which needs the message of, of the gospel and how to believe. And, and they need a message of faith. And I was like, well, don't worry about that. <laughs> Do you want to comment on that, Pastor Isaac? Yes. You know, you know no mistake. Money is not bad. Money is good. But money is not the income. Money is part of the raw materials that we put so that we can get the income, so that we can get the harvest. Money cannot be the harvest. But it's part of what we put into our work. Money is not bad. We want money. If you've got money, bring it. We want it for the work. But for you to go out for a church plant so that you count heads, so that you get, I'm collecting tithes from 20 stable, that will compromise your message. Because Jesus says you cannot be focused on your, on your, on your, or what you wanted to get from people and still give them that. I says you cannot save both money and the kingdom of God. You cannot balance them. There's no balance. So we must make up our minds that money is, we like it. We want to be rich. We want, I want to have a lot, I want to have lots of money because I want to reach out more. But that is not our motivation for church plan. Amen. Now, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Isaac. Is there, I, I don't want to rush off, but I'm just looking to see if there's any questions. So definitely, thank you so much for the investment. And so uh, I'm going to say goodbye to you. We're going to move on to the next uh, segment. So thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you so much for all you put together and all the people who have put this thing together. We love you. And may the blessing of the Lord enable you to do more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. <laughs>